This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. So it's me. Dean's having a little bit of computer issues, but I think maybe after the break we'll be able to bring him onto the call. As you know, I am speaking from my home office in Prince Edward County on this beautiful, beautiful, crispy, clear day where the snow is just beautifully white and sparkling. And, you know, what's 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 kind of cool is that I don't normally get up very early. I'm not an early morning person, but I, uh, I got up early this morning because obviously I'm doing the show. And there I am standing in my kitchen making a coffee. And what's going through my backyard, but what I think is what's called a koi wolf. So it's not a coyote and it's not a wolf, but I think it's a cross between a coyote and a wolf because they do cross. Um, all alone, obviously, out loping along looking for a mouse or something to eat on this crispy day. But uh, beautiful animal and um, not close enough where I could take any great pictures because down at the bottom of the yard. But yeah, just through my yard into the neighbor's yard. And uh, yeah, I love it. Love, I love some of the wildlife that we see out here. And it's just, it's just kind of magical. Let me share the numbers, and then I'm going to also share a few little other updates. Remember, I really want to hear from you. I love to hear your questions, your tips, your tricks, your techniques. If you're calling locally in the Toronto area, it's 416-360-0740. If you're calling from outside the GTA, it's 866-740-4740. Uh, okay, so that's that. And I just realized. So something else I'm doing here is I am. Um, oops, I'm making a difference. No, I am also uh, speaking over a headset for the first time. I got a call or uh, an email from Dave Lasher, and he said that he was having trouble hearing me last week. He said everybody else's audio was fine, but mine was kind of low. So I thought, okay, let me try this. I've got a headset on with a little microphone and uh, let me know if it sounds any better or any worse. I'm uh, happy to change up whatever I can along the way. Uh, Also, speaking of notes from people, um, a note from Heather Sinopoli, the very important person from the Riverdale Horticultural Society, wants to remind everybody that March the 9th, so coming up Wednesday, March 9th, Tina Van Andel will be sharing container gardening uh, tips and tricks for balconies and uh, porches and wherever you might want to garden in containers. Tina is not only extremely smart, but extremely entertaining. So you will enjoy her. And of course, everyone is welcome to to join in via Zoom, 7 o'clock, Wednesday, March 9th. Just uh, send a quick note to info at Riverdale Horticultural, so one word, Riverdale Horticultural. 
www.heatherwilson.ca. And Heather will shoot you the Zoom link and you can tune in to, to Tina because she's, like I said, she's really quite fun. One other quick thing to share with you is last week I mentioned I saw a whole flock of robins in my backyard and I was kind of surprised. But I did get a note from Karen Whittington and Karen, I did a little more research and she's absolutely right. The um, the robins, a lot apparently robins don't necessarily go south anymore. So they hang out in the forest, they hang out in the woods, staying um you know, sort of warm in the forest. And then when it's a nice day, they come out looking for food. So, of course, her point was they will eat berries. So throw any apple slices, blueberries, cranberries, anything you got kicking around, uh, throw some of those out for the robins if you're seeing the same thing. Flocks of robins. That was fun. So, uh, um, yeah, yeah. More more updates from the Wild Kingdom in Prince Edward County. Uh, and we'll be back right after this quick break. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yep, I'm back. Charlie Dobbin here, host of The Garden Show, heard every Saturday morning, 9 a.m., direct and live to you from the Zoomerplex. Of course, I'm not in the Zoomerplex. Carlos is, though, so thank you, Carlos. He's the one answering your calls and and, uh, trying to ensure that everything runs as smoothly as possible. And uh, I'm in my home office looking out the window on this gorgeous, gorgeous, crispy day. I hope everybody else is having as beautiful of a morning as I'm having. And uh, we do have some callers on the line, so let's say good morning to Terry. She's She or he is calling from Owen Sound. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How, How are, are you? you? Hello. Hello, can you hear me? Uh, very little. Oh, my. I don't know why that is. Why is that, that's, Carlos? Do we know? I can hear better. you fine. The reason I'm calling... Um, we've had a vegetable garden for well over 50 years. The last mm-hmm. several years, we've a, a weed that's coming up there now, and I can't seem to get rid of it. It'll grow up, I think, in total maturity, oh, to about three, very good three to maybe four inches. Mm-hmm. It will at times develop a very, very small, we think it's a white, uh, flower and it really doesn't bloom as such. It's just ever so slight. Mm-hmm. And in the fall of the year, when we go to uh, clean up our garden, as soon as you touch this, it's like I say, it's in full maturity now. Uh, there's trillions of little black seed that'll fall off of it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've uh, huh. I can hoe it out during the summer uh, because it's not in in full maturity. I can hoe it out, and it seems to come back. Uh, it's it's very, very, um, I'm going to call it a fibrous root mm. as such. Uh, it, it'll mat. Yeah. Is it, does it grow like a vine? Like, is it um, <clears throat> long trailing stems? Well, <laughs> if it's the same weed or not, I don't know, but we have that as well. Uh, <laughs> a neighbor girl had said, is that called a bindweed? Yes, that's what I was thinking. Okay, Bindweed is famous. It's the, same. It's, it's, the leaves are very distinctive heart shape. Okay, yes. 
Hmm, okay. It's a hard one to annihilate. And that the black seeds make me think of that because uh, bindweed is, if you're familiar with morning glory, a lot of us will grow morning glory as an ornamental. Of course, bindweed is the same genus, gets very small white flowers and is a real, uh, quite a, a nasty um, uh, weed, hard one to, to annihilate. Mm, almost, I wonder, would you be willing to forego planting vegetables for one season and solarize the entire bed, meaning cover that bed up with um, tarps or newspapers, cardboard, anything you can cover that bed with in order to um, stop growth I, in there I, and I know bake what you're saying. This, uh, this garden, um, it's got to be... Uh, it's got to be 80 feet by roughly 60 feet in size. Now, mm. we could do that in one yeah, portion, it's big. but it's, it's starting to spread over the entire, uh, the entire area. I've even, in the spring of the year, as this weed starts to develop, I've even taken Roundup and spread yes, it. Yes, I was going to say, yeah. And, and it'll turn yellow, and I thought, good, we've got a good candidate, <laughs> and it, it'll show up as, as the uh, season progresses. I I know in the fall of the year, when I like I say now it's in total maturity because you don't want to disturb mm. any of your vegetables as such. Mm-hmm. You can just pull that out by hand, sort of thing. Um, it's 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 somewhat easy to lift. There's a lot of work involved doing so, but I'm just kind of wondering if you've ever heard of it before. Is there a cure to get that out of the garden? Mm. Well, like I said, you 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 obviously know you can dig it, uh, you can chemically treat it with something like Roundup, and just so you know, Roundup is more effective early in the season on young weeds than it is on more mature weeds. So if you're going to try Roundup, do it before you plant any vegetables. Remember, Roundup works by if contacting the green leaves of yes. the plant you want to kill. So obviously you don't want to put Roundup on anything you don't want to kill. So before you get planting anything into the garden, use Roundup, spray the green, let it sit for ooh, two, three days. It'll start to see some yellow. That's fine. Spray again. Make sure there's no rain in the forecast. But do be prepared because when you've got really established weeds, it's harder to kill them. It's slower. But the younger they are, the more successful you're going to be. And, and then and option good. three, like I said, Terry, it's, it's solarization. It, okay. It, I'm sorry, what did you say at the end? The third option would be the solarizing. So that's tarping and, and uh, blocking the sun. Solarizing yes, okay. is a form of baking the soil and killing the weeds. Uh, it does months, though. It will take all season. So you won't do any planting if you're using that technique in your vegetable garden. All right? And, and that's what you're Thanks. going to label that as, is what uh, we've been told, maybe a bindweed. I believe so. I believe so, yes. Convalarius, yes. Uh, Convolus. So it's a form of morning glory. But yeah, it's a really big problem in agriculture too. So they do use some pretty toxic chemicals in farmers do because bindweed will annihilate a corn crop. It'll just grow all over everything. So, all right, thanks. Good luck with that, Terry. Let us know how how that sorts out. Uh, And we do... fortunately or unfortunately, need to step into the world of our sponsors just for a few minutes and uh, see what's going on with them. And we'll be right back after this. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin 
exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, and welcome back to the Garden Show, and, and welcome, welcome to me to the Garden Show. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, had some uh, technical fun stuff happening at my place here in uh, Collingwood this morning. I'm um, gonna give those numbers out. Okay, four one six, because we would love for you to call us if you're anywhere in Toronto. Four one six three six zero zero seven four zero. Or anywhere else in the province of Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. And how are you this morning, Charlie? I'm excellent. I guess you were so busy uh, sweating trying to get your computer going, uh, you probably didn't hear my intro. But I've been, I, I, I mean, it's wildlife world here. Yeah, I did actually hear a little bit. You said it was some kind of a koi fox? Koi, a koi wolf. So it's a coyote-wolf hybrid. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I, I'm I mean, not familiar with that at all. It was a, unless it was a coyote, but I don't think it was. I think it was uh, because it's bigger than a – so <clears throat> coyotes and wolves can mate, breed, give birth to babies. <clears throat> so a coyote's not very big. A koi wolf is bigger, and they have a different shape uh, face. So right. really interesting. Beautiful animal, though. Uh, just went loping through looking for some breakfast. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's very interesting. I know, it's okay. funny. So um, we've got a call around the line there. We do, uh, from Mississauga. From Mississauga. Yes, we have Anne from Mississauga. Mm-hmm. How are you this morning, Anne? I'm great, thank you. Good Fabulous. morning. Nice and cold and snowy where you are, I'm sure, Anne. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I sent, just to let you know, I sent you a few photographs this morning on an email, but I'm not sure you would have had a chance to look at those. But I'm mm. having problems growing a cedar, uh, an emerald cedar, in a particular spot. And to give you some history, I had two really old emerald cedars that were huge. They were 30, 40 years old around my pool, and they were overgrown the pool. So I took the two large ones out, and I replaced it with five or six more of about six foot each. And all of them have done fine, except this one particular spot. And um, it's getting really frustrating because I've replaced that cedar probably three times. I'm going to replace it again this spring. Um, mm. It's kind Same of in the spot. one from the end, but it's uh, I, and it's got a slight slope at the back where, but hardly anything. But I was wondering whether the moisture rain was running off. So this, last year, I actually put a little border around the back and just put some soil on to try and build it up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, I've had it. This one lasted actually a little longer, about a year or so. But then it turned totally brown. Uh, yeah, so I see, I'm looking at the photos you sent me. It is rather distinctively rusty compared to all the beautiful green ones, green cedars on either side of it. Yeah. Uh, for sure, you want to make sure that the soil is not washing away. Yeah. I'm wondering, is there any possibility, like I see it's right close to your pool house. Is there any possibility that there's something going on? I don't know, chlorine, um, heat, Something that's affecting that cedar that's part of the pool mechanism? I wondered that myself, whether I, I can't see anything, but mm. I don't know what's underground there. You know what I mean? Underneath the... Because mm-hmm. when I dig, I mean, and, and I actually, last time I got the nursery to plant it. I, I planted uh. enough, never had a problem. Yeah. So I got the nursery to do it, and it's still... <laughs> like, I thought about that, but the one next to it, neck, mm. right next to the pool shed is fine, but it could be something, I guess, you know, that's bypassing that. What, when was know. this planted, this one you're showing me in the photograph? What time of year? In the spring. 
in the spring. Okay, right. good. Because I was going to say emerald cedars are always better planted in the spring. Yeah. So you know what? If there's no obvious insects, I mean, you know, obviously check closely, look for, and I mean, everybody's really healthy except the one cedar. Yeah. So uh, number one, we can blame that plant and say, just get another one. Number two would be to take a soil test and send a sample, a soil sample off to one of the accredited soil labs that are affiliated with OMAFRA, so the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture and Food and Rural Affairs, OMAFRA. If you Google that, you'll co- and soil labs, yeah. your closest will be in Guelph, uh, and you'll just send them a quick email, and they'll t- tell you exactly how to collect a sample, where to send it, and then what it will cost you to uh, uh, give a bit of an analysis. Because if there's nothing else obvious, I'd look to the soil. Yeah, because I can't blame the plant because I put three in there and I'm about to get my fourth. The only thing was when I got these plants, they were like concrete, the ball underneath. So I had to really try and moisten it. And I've, I've never had a problem planting cedars. Right. No, um, they look good. I'll accept that one. Time, yeah, I know, I know. I'll try a pot maybe, one in a pot as well. I was going to try that. Right. Well, so, I mean, all you can do is try to replace again. Uh, again you know, be, yeah. Use a, a magnifying glass to really study the plant that you're purchasing that yeah. you're going to be planting in there. And, you know, obviously plant properly, get in some either plant start type yeah. fertilizer to get the roots growing, water, 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 of course, uh, or use something like mics or root rescue, get the roots growing. It's all about roots when we first plant things, right? Yeah. And uh yeah, and and see see if it works again. I mean, sometimes there are, there is such a thing as a bum plant. Like you know, it looks good when it arrives, and then it just does not thrive. And it's not always our fault. Sometimes it's yeah. just a bum plant. Which I would okay. thought, but it's just I've replaced it so many times. <laughs> mm-hmm, I know, it gets frustrating. So that's why I say go to the soil. If, yeah, I will. If it's, if it's, that's your next option. Okay. Figure out what's going on in that spot. Great. All right. Thanks yeah, thank for calling. You. And, you know, maybe consider, I'm just looking at the photograph here. Maybe you need to put like a bird feeder there instead of a cedar or or a sculpt piece, or like a tall sculpture or something like an obelisk with something growing. I don't know. Just if sometimes we just say, okay, I can't grow a plant there, but I can, I need something there. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks thank for calling. Okay. Thanks for the call in. Well, that must—that's frustrating. But I—I I would agree with the both of you. If if you're on, uh, you know, cedar number three, you think <laughs> it's probably something in the in the actual mm-hmm. spot. Yeah, in the environment. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think. Yeah, no, because gotcha. all the others look great in the photograph. Yeah. So. Got to tell you, I like your new headset there, Charlie. You look oh. like you're taking us on a flight. You look like a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I look, I remind myself of, um, you know, back on the laughing. You're too young to remember a Oh, no, laughing. Goldie Hawn and, oh, yeah, yeah Dick, Martin, yeah. Dick Rowan and Martin's laughing. Great. Exactly. Show. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the uh, you know, the uh, phone operator, because back in the day, I, I did run Lily, that phone. Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin, Lily Tomlin yeah. It was. I ran a I ran a big telephone board for a real estate company when I was a teenager. It was all press his buttons. It wasn't pressing in plugs. But yes, that's who I remind myself of. Do yeah, I sound no. better to you? 
I think you, yeah, you sound a bit clearer, and and also because sometimes you turn away from the computer to uh, reference the photos or those type of things. Then of course the mic stays with you. The proximity is always the same. That's so my I, thinking, yeah. I yeah. think it is better. Charlie, I have a quick email that I just want to that we got <laughs> made me laugh um, <laughs> because I was talking about my amaryllis last week, and I was asking you if I could uh, if I could you know keep it and if I could get it going for you know for for years to come. So it says here um, it's from Alice. Hi Charlie, my husband has three amaryllises that he's babied since last <laughs> fall and planted them just after Christmas. It's been fun having something alive in the house to watch mm-hmm. grow. I'm sending you these as your helper. I think I'm the helper. <laughs> it was, I know. I on the was program was, was wondering, the I'm the helper. If you could do, if he could do this, well, it does work and they end up being beautiful. It's been fun to watch every day when it's so cold and snowy outside. And she says she loves the show. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, I think what she's sharing with us is that her husband has babied, but also he's kept these amaryllis going for more than one year. So, yeah, remember, that was part of what you were asking last yes. week is, do I have to compost my amaryllis or can I keep it? And of course, uh, Alice's point is that if her husband can do it, you can do it. <laughs> okay, <Woo-hoo. laughs> You know, and I did chop off the flower, which became very hollow and mm. very uh, not very strong. But mm. I have to tell you, those leaves are very, very strong and very, very mm. green. So, yeah, as soon as the warm weather comes, we'll get that out there. Um, you know what? Frost free. Once we frost free. free. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to Cheryl. We've got a call from uh, Cheryl. She is uh, just in my neighboring community of Wasaga Beach. How are you this morning, Cheryl? I'm good. I'm good. Nice to hear everyone's voices. Yeah. Good morning. <laughs> exactly. What do you got for I, us this morning, Cheryl? Well, I'm in the beach. You know what the beach is like. The beach is sand. I do. Sand, sand, yeah. and more sand. However, I would like to put a garden down the side of my driveway. And what my question is, is how much sand would I have to remove and put good soil in to hopefully grow something? Hmm. How deep um, do I need to go? Well, okay, a couple of things. Depends what you want to grow, because some plants are far more tolerant of well-drained soil or what we would call droughty conditions than others. So if you are prepared to stay with drought-tolerant plants, I'm thinking sedum, hens and chicks, yucca, um, you know, good looking year round plants, but but not, um, you know, lush. I mean, even roses love a, a well-drained soil. But maybe you'd say, well, I don't know if roses right along the edge of the driveway. They might be thorny. So um, just depending on what plants you are dreaming about, I would try to not um, remove too much soil, but definitely plan to amend your existing soil with 100% organic matter. So not necessarily topsoil, but preferably composted manure or, um, uh, yes, homemade compost, just 100% organic matter to help hold moisture in that sandy soil. Oh, okay, great. Thank yeah. you. But but choose drought-tolerant plants. Go to Google and say, you know, and I imagine your driveway's open and sunny, so you're going to be looking for, you know, sun and drought-tolerant choices that will work along that driveway and sort of soften up the edge there. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you, Cheryl. You know, Cheryl brings up a very good point that I think we've chatted about on the show before, uh, Charlie. Actually, before we do that, let me give out the numbers again. 416-360-0740. If you live anywhere in Toronto or anywhere else in the province of Ontario, one 866 740 
800-242-4740. It is a toll-free uh, number. Um, now, I don't know, did you tell them in the uh, in the opening of the show, of course, about the garden wings there, Charlie? Did you oh, mention no, that? I no. forgot them on. Yeah, the track. so if it's if it's a, well, if it's a first time caller, if you are a first time caller, please let Carlos know, because then we give you your garden wings, and we love to uh, we love to give those out. And of course, the the mantra, yeah, call often, call early, and one question per call, please. Um, but yeah, Cheryl Cheryl brought to mind something that we've chatted about, and that is, you know, I think we try some of us try so hard to plant things that we want to be in a spot, but aren't necessarily good for that spot. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of merit in trying to figure out what is good for your area and, and, and your, your, your soil type. Well, exactly. And, um, and I think, again, another mantra to kind of absorb by everybody listening is the right plant in the right place and you will be successful. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I, I, I will say somebody in my family, no names mentioned i want this to grow here but it's a full yeah. sun plant but the the place they wanted it yeah. only yeah. got you know two hours of sunlight a day and i thought mm-hmm. well it doesn't matter how much you want it to be there <laughs> i think it would look great it's probably not going to grow no <laughs> so we need to come up with a different location because honestly you know spring is coming and we're all itching to get out and get dirty yeah. and get planting and you know what happens in the next two three months to all of us is we're in our car we're going somewhere we suddenly see the garden center it's got a whole bunch of beautiful flowers we you know slam on the brakes pull in and very (laughs) impulsively buy a whole bunch of stuff with no concept of where we're going to put it so try to not do that (laughs) try to shop with a list you like what i try and do is i say to myself okay i know i'm going to put a planter at my front door and my front door gets lots of sun it's western facing so i'm going to choose plants for that planter which are going to be absolutely sparkling in all that sun now in the back of my house i've got planters as well and they only get two hours of morning sun so i'm going to choose plants for those planters that are going to tolerate much lower light so shop by the the what you're you know where you're planting and know your client your microclimates gotcha okay we've you're going to go to cambridge right now we have a caller on the line lorraine is waiting with a question how are you this morning lorraine i'm well thanks yourself Great. Um, I hey, have morning. Ground. Yeah, good morning. I just wonder how you are too. <laughs> yeah. we're, What's we're going on? Keeping cozy. What's going on there, Lorraine? Okay, I have ground elder, elder, both variegated and plain growing. The the ground, uh, the the variegated, I planted in a very controlled area. The other one has just come over from the neighbors, and I like <laughs> to get rid of it. And it's really hard to do so. I wonder if I have to do the same thing. <laughs> As what we were talking about with the first caller, you mean? Yes. Use, um, right. So elder, elder, which is a shrub. It's a native plant. Uh, it is very, very, very vigorous, for lack of a better term. And it's you don't want it. Uh, you know what? So wait. So the elder that's coming from the neighbors, it's come from underground. So these are suckers that are coming from the neighbors, right? Right, right. And they're popping up above ground. Uh, I mean, you, is it coming into a garden? Is that part of the problem? Or is it coming into yeah. a lawn? It's into their lawn, and it's coming into my uh, garden. Mm, so they don't want it either, by the sounds of it. Well, no, I don't know. I actually have to talk to her to see if I if I do that solarization. Um, mm-hmm. See if I, that would be, they've just moved in and don't know much uh, about gardening. Uh, right. So I was wondering, yeah, if that would I mean, be the way to go. 
Yeah, it could. Yeah, you have to do it together because you have to try and kill the entire plant. Otherwise, it won't work if they're all attached underground. Uh, and you'd you'd have to cut it down as low to the ground as you possibly can and then cover it with a preferably dark plastic tarpaulin. And you have to seal the edges so no light can get in under the tarp. And the plant will try to grow. There, and particularly if it's got green leaves on the other side of the fence, it's going to keep growing and just push your tarp right up into the sky. So you might even find, now it's not really legal for me to suggest this because Roundup is available, but it's only available for noxious weeds. Elder is not on the noxious weed list as far as I know. It is something that changes quite often though. So Sambucus is the uh, genus for elder. And um, it's possible that it's on the noxious weed list, but I doubt it because it's a native plant and it's a really wonderful plant to support wildlife and birds and all that, um, those various uh, bits of biodiversity out there. So we love it for that. But it, yeah, it can be super, super invasive. So round up early in the spring on the green leaves, on your green leaves, your neighbor's green leaves, everybody's green leaves is more likely to kill the entire plant than, uh, than really probably solarization will. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much. Great. Thanks very much for the call, Lorraine. Okay, uh, we're going to go to a break, but before that, I'm going to give those numbers out again. 416-360-0740. That's the Toronto number. Anywhere else in the province of Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. We will be right back. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, welcome back to The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland, and I'm here with uh, garden expertise goddess, Charlie Dobbin. <laughs> I like to call myself that, you know, the goddess yep. of the garden. <laughs> the goddess of the garden. I'm there with you. Uh, we are going to go directly to Orangeville, and we are going to talk to Carol. How are you this morning, Carol? I'm great. How are you? We're great, too. Yeah. What do you got for uh, Charlie there, my dear? I have a wild rose hedge. It's about 25 years old, 5 feet high, 20 feet long, and 4 feet wide. And mm. I planted it all those years ago, and I've done nothing. And last fall, I noticed there's some kind of a weedy bush right in the middle. So I'm going mm-hmm. to have to try and get in there to dig it out before it takes over. Um, I was just wondering, how short can I cut the canes that are around it? Because I will have to. They're so sharp. I don't want to oh, yeah. rip my skin off or anything. But how- I was going to say, that's painful to go in there and try and start weeding in a in a rose hedge so you know what i would do how how does it look like is it still giving you lots of beautiful flowers and it's thick and bushy and all that important stuff yeah or is it, it a is. bit it's scraggly gorgeous. sorry say that again it's gorgeous okay so the hedge is gorgeous it's full of flowers it smells wonderful in the evenings mm-hmm. and this bush wonderful. has sort of reddish stems and it just sort of blended in, and it wasn't till the fall when I realized, oh, there's something foreign in here. Hmm. Because you can, many hedges will get tired at some point, meaning that they just they haven't been pruned really at all. And there's a lot of dead wood, and I'd say at the bottom, older canes, whether it's 
privet hedge or a rose hedge. There's, there's that sort of old, gnarly, uh, woody growth that isn't really adding a lot of sort of beauty to the hedge. And one of the things we will do is to rejuvenate the entire hedge is cut the whole thing down. And you can certainly do that in the early spring. And you can cut it down literally to about four inches tall if you want. Now, and it will grow back. It won't grow back the first year, but it'll be back to five feet tall within two or three years. Not a problem. But your your issue of that one weed means you, you could still go into that one area, cut it right down down to four feet, four inches tall and get that weed out. And, but it's going to look weird because the hedge is going to have this big hole in it where you have had to cut it down and the rest will still be up at the five foot height. So I would be inclined to cut it all down. I would do a, a rejuvenation of the whole thing. Now, you don't have to go as low as four inches. Take it all down to a foot tall if you want. Um, and at that time, look for weeds, get anything out, but then do some amending with some organic matter. Get some composted manure, get some good quality triple mix, you know, get some, um, you know, whatever, leaf mulch, anything like that, homemade compost, get that in around the base of the plants. Okay, that was my other question, because I did that when I planted everything, and then I haven't done a thing to it. Sure, so, yeah. Okay, so that's what I Yeah. It will come back. Yeah, go well, oh yeah, they're once established, they're very tough. You can you can be pretty brutal on uh, some of the hedge plants, and it sounds lovely what you've got going on there. I mean, I just love the idea of a fragrant hedge. It's just perfect. Okay. Great, thanks for the question, there, Carol. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for your call. Okay, we're going to go directly south of uh, just a little bit south of Orangeville to Georgetown. We've got uh, Sheila on the line. How are you this morning, Sheila? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. Good. You got a question for Charlie there? Yeah, we have um, extreme winds in Georgetown, and our wooden fence got blown down, and we've finally got a company to put in a metal fence for us. And what mm. we have um, with my neighbors is we each of us have a stone wall on the very edge of each of our back gardens with a trough, which right now the metal fence is in. And I was thinking if I could fill, uh, fill it up with soil and put in climbing plants, I would really love to get some suggestions from Charlie on the best climbing plants to put in. Mm, okay, so the, the metal fence, is that a chain link fence you've put in? No, it's just a metal rod fence. Oh, so like almost like a wrought iron, the yeah. vertical uh, black, whatever. Hmm. So there are things that will, okay, and... So you mentioned a trough. So the, another name for that trough is a swale where the fence is. And I imagine that swale or trough is there for the movement of water to move between your properties or yeah, literally between your properties. Is, am I correct? Yes. And we back onto a park. So um, mm-hmm. there's a pond behind us. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the fence is across the back or between the two properties? Between the two properties. Right. And the stone fences across the back. Uh, and it's in lots of sun, I imagine. Pardon? Lots of sun? Yeah, oh, full sun. Both her gardens are side-facing. So depending on whether you want a, a perennial vining plants 
or annual flowering plants. There are some really good options in the annual group. Annual meaning they'll only live for one year. One is morning glory, which you would plant by seed. The other are sweet peas, which you would also plant from seed. Uh, they'll grow very quickly. Many people love to grow scarlet runner beans from seed. They grow super fast. You get the red flowers, you also get beans. And these are plants that will twine and twirl and go up the fence. You are gonna have to probably give them an initial training to go up, uh, but once they're up there, they'll they'll stay up there. Um, in the perennial group, everybody loves clematis or clematis. Uh, again, we'll need some training to stay up on the fence, but would be a very beautiful choice. Some of the clematis are, there's so many different kinds of there. Some of them are things like Jack Manny that bloom like crazy in the middle of the summer, but then there's a few other varieties that uh, bloom early in the spring and then bloom again uh, late in the summer. So there's some that bloom twice a year. So there's quite a lot of clematis choices if you wanted to go that route. I love um, silver lace vine. Silver lace vine can be extremely vigorous, uh, but beautiful white flowers uh, late in the summer. So nice honeysuckle, wonderful, particularly the red flowering honeysuckle. You'll have hummingbirds coming like crazy to those uh, flowers. And, uh, and then you get the berries, of course. So robins and, and various um, birds that love berries will eat the, the honeysuckle berries. So, yeah, there's lots and lots of choices out there. You, you've pretty much got uh, a, a big palette of plants to choose from. Okay. And uh, what do you think okay. about roses? How, how is the climbing uh, rose? Is it hard uh, to grow? Uh, no, I think the only reason I didn't mention roses is because roses do not twine or hold on themselves. So there is a fair amount of maintenance because they will grow the tall canes. But if you are as windy as you said, you are going to be out there tying those canes to the fence often. Okay. It'll, be, it'll be a certain amount of maintenance. And and then, of course, roses do need a certain amount of maintenance anyway when it comes to pruning. But no, no, roses are great. They they love full sun. They'll do great in a, in a windy, sunny location. They don't want to be in a wet spot, though, so you've got to make sure it's not a soggy area where you're planting them. They prefer a better drainage rather than poorer drainage. Uh, but you will need to, like I say, tie them up to hold them onto the fence. Great. Thanks so much for the uh, call there, Sheila. Good luck with that. I have to go to a break, uh, and when we come back, we have some more callers on the line. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back to The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland here with Charlie Dobbin, and uh, I am going to go right to a caller. We've got a first-time caller from Hamilton. Yes. yes. We've got Brad on the line. How are you this morning, Brad? I'm very good. How are you guys? I'm good. I'm going to quickly give you your garden wings, sir. You have earned <laughs> them. There you well, go. Thank you very much. Welcome what to you the show. For Charlie? I just wanted to find out. I, I, I have a, a big front lawn out front, and I keep it pretty good, and I seed it a lot. But the last two years... I'd be getting, it looks like that creepy Charlie in it. And at first, mm. it was only a little bit, and I would just pull it out, pull it out. But it's coming up in all different spots now. Is there anything to get rid of it, or mm. is there a better way of controlling it? 
Mm, not really. Yeah, you, yeah, this is very similar to our very first caller. Terry was calling about his vegetable garden where he's just got this noxious perennial weed. And if you've got that same thing happening in your lawn, yeah. other, you can pull it. You can spray. There are um, vinegar-based herbicides that you can use, but of course they will also kill the lawn. So you have to be very careful when you are spraying. You're going to have to spray more than once and spray early in the season to be more effective. Or you can bury or solarize those weeds, but it's a bit tricky when it's in a lawn. Um, Digging is probably your best choice. I try to pull it out, which I do. I get a little tiny hand rake and you know how they spread out all over and rake it up and pull it out but i just thought maybe there was an easier way no i wish i wish there was it sounds like a great retirement project to me (laughs) i know all right thank you very much okay thanks for the question there brad (laughs) sorry i wish i could be more helpful take a bottle of wine everything's easier with a bottle of wine (laughs) all right have a great weekend okay great thanks brad I've got uh, another first-time caller on the line. We're going to go to Kitchener right now. I've got uh, Eileen. Good morning, Eileen. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm well. Here are your garden wings. Oh, thank you. Welcome I'm, to the show. I've got a question. I was out one to a nursery, and I saw this uh, Christmas cactus orange. Now, mm. I've had it for two years. It's beautiful, big. But it does not flower. Now, I've got a regular uh, Christmas cactus, a deep uh, pink one, and it flowers. In fact, it just got a few more buds on now. What am I... What can I do to get this orange one to flower? <laughs> it's just it's just being tricky and mean to you because it can, you know. I think uh, what you got to do is remember what, what the Christmas cactus really want. Full sun. Only water when bone dry. And if you can give that plant cool temperatures, particularly cool temperatures at night when there's no sunlight on it, you are more likely to see flower buds form. Also, um, yeah, the, the orange ones will be a newer variety. It's been selected for that color, right? It's a special peachy orange. It's very, yeah, very beautiful. Yeah. But uh, And fertilizer, you know, not a lot, but a flowering plant that. fertilizer once a month. I've done that. And okay. they're outside all summer, and I keep them uh, in the well, uh, sun and shade, but it does not flower. It's two years old. Huh. Well, then start threatening it. <laughs> tell it the composter <laughs> is looking like a really good spot for it to go, and uh, and you you bought it for its flower, so get flowering. You know what's one of the best ways to get plants to flower too is neglect. Just absolutely neglect it. Do not water it again. Just leave it for the next six months and never give it water. And I bet you it will flower. Because um, very often the neglected plants are the ones that will suddenly sprout all kinds of flowers. So stop loving it so much and uh, ignore it. Okay? Thanks for the call there, Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Charlie, you have just made my day a little bit more difficult. Because <laughs> this morning my wife said to me, she said, oh, excuse me. She says, I have kept many of our plants alive over the years from pure neglect. <laughs> yes, she's absolutely right. No, that's I mean, you, more plants are killed with too much love and too much water than any other reason. That And, you know, obviously uh, Eileen isn't killing that plant with too much water, but I bet you yep. she's keeping it too happy. So we want to make it a little bit unhappy and you're more likely to see flowers. It's just wow. the way it works. I've just thought of a new line of work for myself. You know, I thought, you know, I'm sure they, they have horse whispers. We have dog whispers. I could be the plant threatener. I could go around <laughs> houses and I could say, look, 
you are going to end up in the compost. That's right. <laughs> I got to pay me to come to their house and threaten the plants. It sometimes works. Trust me. Hey, speaking of flowering plants, anybody out there have a forsythia shrub? That's the shrub That's with the, the, the yeah, the yellow flowers yeah, yeah. in the spring. Today is a beautiful day to get outside, get your sharp pruners, do some pruning on that forsythia because you probably need to. They get so big. Bring in what you've pruned off, stick it in a vase, and watch it flower inside and brighten up your winter day uh, with some bright spring flowering shrubbery. Uh, really? Perfect day for it. Yeah. So you, you can go out this time of year. Like, we're not yeah. even at March. You can go out in the, yeah. in the dead of winter, and yeah. you can do that. Yeah. With forsythia, you can. Wow. Wow. Okay. I had so, no idea. <laughs> so on that note... Uh, thank you, Dean. Thanks for getting around to joining us a little late. <laughs> well, I had Thanks. to have my coffee. I wasn't finished. <laughs> Thanks again, Carlos, for all your help. Great callers. Love to hear from you. Keep those calls coming. Keep those questions coming. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.